the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. See, one of the great dangers of hearing a series like this on on warfare is that we might get the impression that once we've got ourselves properly covered with the armor of God, we have truth, righteous behavior, peace, faith, knowledge of salvation in God's word. We're ready. We're ready to engage in warfare because we now feel invincible to Satan's attacks. But we're not. We're not ready. We're not invincible. Modern warfare has become very sophisticated. We have probably all heard that when the U.S. began the invasion of Iraq, the first thing they did was to take out the enemy's command and control system. Communication is essential to modern warfare, and really, it's always been an important part of winning battles. You could call prayer the command and control system of spiritual warfare. It's how we communicate with our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. If Satan can cut us off from him, All the spiritual armor in the world will not give us victory over our enemy, the devil. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Since 1981, since 1981, Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are pleased to bring him to you through this fine radio station. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve begins his concluding message about spiritual warfare. Our base of operations is chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. After listing the six components of spiritual armor, Paul told us we must pray. Prayer is the ingredient that brings everything together into an impregnable defense system. Now here is Pastor Steve with our lesson. In his book, Disciplines of a Godly Man, author Kent Hughes gives us a dramatic glimpse into what it was like for a Roman soldier to prepare for the battle. He writes, as he readies himself, he adjusts his war belt. His heart pounds under his metal breastplate. He scuffs at the earth like a football player with his nail-studded boots testing his traction. He repeatedly draws his great shield across his body in anticipation of the fiery barrages to come. Reflexively, he reaches up and repositions his helmet. He gingerly tests the edge of his sword and slips it back into his scabbard. The enemy approaches, swords pulled from their scabbards ring in chilling symphony. The warrior stands motionless, breathing heavily. Now, this dramatic description of how a Roman soldier literally prepared to face his enemy, is the very picture the Apostle Paul paints for us in Ephesians 6. Let's, let's turn there. Ephesians chapter 6. In this chapter, he compares Roman soldiers gearing up for war with Christians. And he tells us that just as a Roman soldier had six pieces of armor to protect him, so God has provided six pieces of armor to protect us in our warfare with Satan. 
we have a belt, a breastplate, stability shoes, a shield, a helmet, and a sword, just like the Roman soldier. But that's where the comparison ends. You see, unlike the Roman soldier who, after getting dressed for battle, stood facing his enemy with sword drawn, ready to march out into combat, the Christian warrior does something unheard of in conventional warfare, absolutely unheard of. He drops to his knees in prayer. He drops to his knees in prayer. Why? Because we are not ready to face the enemy unless we are dependent upon our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why when Paul concludes this section in Ephesians 6 on spiritual warfare, he concludes by telling us not that we need to put another piece of armor on. We have all the armor we need, but he exhorts us to pray. And I want to read this passage to you, Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20. He writes, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now in these verses, Paul tells us that to... uh, that spiritual warfare requires that we be prayer warriors. In other words, we're not simply soldiers of Christ. We're not just Christian warriors. We are to be prayer warriors. It's not enough to have the right protection on us. We also need to be in constant fellowship with the Lord. See, one of the great dangers of hearing a series like this on on warfare is that we might get the impression that once we've got ourselves properly covered with the armor of God, we have truth, righteous behavior, peace, faith, knowledge of salvation, and God's word. We're ready. We're ready to engage in warfare because we now feel invincible to Satan's attacks. But we're not. We're not ready. We're not invincible. See, you can be fully dressed and properly dressed for combat and yet still be a casualty of war. Why? Because as significant as each piece of armor is, the only way, and note this, the only way the armor becomes effective in your life is when you use it in fellowship and communion with God. And that's accomplished through prayer. Prayer is essential. In other words, our armor is useless. It's it's ineffective against Satan if we are in close in our relationship with Christ, then prayer is what keeps us close to him. This is essential. It's not enough to be mechanically and doctrinally accurate about spiritual warfare. I I, I think we've got that down. I I, I think we've embraced biblically sound doctrine. There's so much fluffy stuff out there about spiritual warfare. I think we're absolutely correct in how we've interpreted and applied what Paul has taught, and, and yet that's not enough because our trust still has to be in the Lord himself and not in the Lord's provisions. There is a difference. We trust the Lord, not only what he's provided for us for our protection, but our trust is in him. And so in these closing verses, in these closing verses on, on warfare, Paul calls us to one final remaining item we need. And that's, as I said, is not another piece of armor, but a rich prayer life. Now, it's important to understand that these verses do not teach us about prayer in general, but in context, these verses teach us how to pray while under enemy fire. These are prayer prayer truths for those under attack because they tell us of the vital role that prayer plays in spiritual warfare. But the reality, sad reality is, is that for most Christians, this is an area of real neglect. 
I think most Christians would, would say if there's one thing they struggle in in, the, in their spiritual lives, it's that they, they tend to neglect prayer. I know that's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for all of us. We're often too practical to pray to solve problems. We, we have the right method down, or we're going we're gonna to rely on our own wisdom. And oftentimes we are not dependent upon God and, and His help. We're often, uh, we often think we're too busy to pray because we consider other things to be a priority. And so we often take matters into our own hands without speaking to the Lord about some very critical issues. And yes, it happens in ministry as well. And those of you who are in leadership need to, we all need to seriously consider the role of prayer in solving problems. So no wonder if prayer is neglected, no wonder that we find ourselves so easily at times defeated and discouraged from the battles of life. Someone has wisely put it, when the battle gets hard, soldiers easily become tired, weak, and discouraged. So if you find yourself defeated these days, and you find yourself discouraged, even though you are obeying and applying these messages about warfare, you're, you're really uh, internalizing these truths. It may be that what's missing in your life is a rich prayer life, a rich prayer time with the Lord. That is essential for spiritual warfare. And so the Apostle Paul concludes this section on warfare, and we conclude our series on warfare by telling us how to pray. How to pray as prayer warriors, and he gives us four ways that a prayer warrior uh, prays. As we go through this, it's very easy to follow Paul's line of, of thinking because he introduces each, each aspect of prayer with the word all. Four times he mentions all here. So as we begin, let's look at the first way that a prayer warrior prays. And that is prayer warriors pray with variety. They pray with variety. They're not, they're not stuck on one, one approach, one format of prayer. We see this in verse 18, the beginning. Paul starts off by saying, with all prayer and petition. In his introductory statement, Paul addresses the form of our prayers, what form they should take by by telling us that that the format includes a variety of forms. In other words, when it comes to praying, the prayer warrior is not limited to any one type of prayer. He's to offer up all kinds of prayers to God. That's what he means, with all prayer and petition. When he uses the expression prayer, that word refers to prayer in general. That's, that's the Greek word. And the word for petition stresses a specific request that we might make to the Lord. So what he's talking about is that your prayers can't be restricted to requests alone. It includes petitions. It includes requests. But it's not restricted to that. We're to pray with all kinds of prayers. In other words, our prayer life is to be much broader than just petitioning God for something, for either ourselves or somebody else. It includes all different types of prayers offered to him. What would that mean? Well, it certainly includes petitioning him, but we're to give thanks, we're to praise him, we're to adore him, we're to confess our sin to him, we're to have prayers of repentance. But Paul's statement, when he says all prayer, also implies that we can pray in a variety of ways. How can we pray? You can pray out loud, you can pray silently, publicly, privately, spontaneously, or planned. We can pray long prayers. We can pray short prayers. We can pray in a variety of positions and places. You can pray while kneeling, if you so choose. You can pray while standing. You can pray while lying down, while you're moving about. You can pray at church, at home, at school, at work, and quite frankly, any place. You can pray with your hands folded. 
You can pray with your hands raised. You can pray with your eyes open. You can pray with your eyes closed. Or you can pray with your heads bowed or your head erect. You can pray with others. You can pray by yourself. See, there's really no inspired format to prayer. We could spend a lot of time just studying prayer. In fact, if you visit our website, you will find on the archives page a series of lessons covering the Lord's Prayer. I'll give you the web address at the conclusion of today's class. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve will continue with our study soon, but first, he has a special event to tell us about. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff from Verse by Verse here on WTBM. I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity to join me on a trip to Israel I'll be leading this May. We'll be visiting those sites in Israel where Jesus ministered, such places as Capernaum, the Sea of Galilee, the Mount of Beatitudes, the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem, and and so many more sites. If you're interested in learning more about this tour, then you can call the following number and ask for more information. The number is 877 Seven six eight two seven eight four extension one one one. That's eight seven 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 six eight two seven eight four extension one one one. The tour dates are May fifth through the fourteenth. I hope you can join us. One more time. That number is eight seven 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 six eight two seven eight four extension one one one. That's going to be a great opportunity to learn firsthand some of the background that will help us to understand the context and meaning of what we read in our Bibles. I hope you'll be able to take advantage of it. Now, let's return to class. Here is Pastor Steve. Now, the main point that Paul is making is that the specific form of your prayer is relatively unimportant. Never get hung up on that. Most of us are shaped by our culture. We're shaped by the way other people, other people do things. Like at the close of the service, when I say, let's pray, most of you will close your eyes and, and drop your head and pray. That's just the way we tend to do it. But that's not the only way to do it. Not the only way to do it. What's most critical, and this is the point that Paul is making, is that those involved in warfare ought to be in touch with the commander-in-chief all the time. That, that's what he's saying. It's not limited. Prayer is not limited to a certain time and a certain place and a certain way of praying under all circumstances and in many different settings and situations. And the reason being is because Satan can attack at any time. You always have to be ready. You always ought to be in touch with the Lord. Remember back in verse 13 of this chapter, Paul said, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. We said at that time, the evil day is not some prophetic day in the future which, which Satan attacks. The evil day is any day that Satan chooses to assault you. So we're always to be ready. And by being ready, it means we are to not only be dressed for battle, but we are to be in constant fellowship with the Lord through prayer. I find that it's so easy to let down our guard. It's easy for me to let down my guard when I'm out of my normal routine. Vacation time is is the hardest time spiritually because we're not in our routine. But you know what? Satan never takes a vacation. He never takes a vacation. So we are to be in in, uh, offering up prayers at all times, always in prayer. I remember the first time I heard the great Donald Gray Barnhouse, who is a pastor and Bible teacher from Philadelphia. I heard him preach on cassette 
uh, tape. I never met him. He's been with the Lord for years. Um, I never even heard him preach a sermon except on, on tape. And I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but I do remember being deeply impressed with the fact that this man was in touch with the Lord. This man had spiritual intimacy. It was very normal for Barnhouse in the course of, of a day to stop and say something like, thank you, Lord, for the trees, because they're, they're so beautiful. Or thank you for, for this, Lord. Thank you for the beach. It's, it's so stunning. Thank you for the sunset. Or he said that um, in the course of the sermon, he's, he prayed, Lord, I have a flat tire, and you said to give thanks for everything, so I thank you for this flat tire. Now there's a man in touch with the Lord. That's the kind of spiritual intimacy that Paul is talking about. All prayers and petition. All the time. Now, folks, when when you're walking that close to the Lord, you're going to make it very difficult for Satan to defeat you. Because you're, you're always in touch with the Lord. And what happens when you're in fellowship with Christ, you set in motion all the other pieces of armor to be effective in protecting you. Because without fellowship with the Lord, the armor really doesn't, doesn't matter. You need it together. In other words, without prayer, we become self-reliant. And self-reliant Christians are a major target for Satan. Major. Regardless of how well-dressed you are for the battle. Regardless of how mechanically right you are. Regardless of how orthodox you are in your doctrine and know about Satan and warfare. So make sure that you discipline yourself to speak to the Lord at any time, under all circumstances. And that's what it really requires. It requires a nurturing, an establishing of new habits. It means that you begin to thank him for the little things in life. You force yourself to do that. This isn't going to happen overnight. You discipline yourself. You begin to praise him. And And I mean apart from Sunday mornings. You start your day doing that. You pray throughout the day. You make sure that you're constantly adoring him for his perfect character. And that is going to take a conscious effort on your part. In other words, you you really practice the presence of God. You have to think about these things. Make notes to yourself. Remind yourself in your daytime or your Palm Pilot or anything that you use. That I'm, yes, I need to speak to the Lord. That's, That's what Paul is teaching. So, Why pray like this? Because prayer warriors pray in a variety of ways under all kinds of circumstances. They are always in touch with the Lord. Now the question is, but what should we say when we're praying to him? Specifically, what what do we say? Well, that's why Paul proceeds to give us a second way that a prayer warrior prays. First, prayer warriors pray with variety. There's no set one pattern. Secondly, a prayer warrior prays in the spirit. In the spirit. Verse 18 goes on to say, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. There are two primary truths that Paul is teaching in this phrase, pray at all times in the spirit. The first truth concerns the frequency of our prayers. How often are we to pray? Well, the apostle tells us to pray at all times. Now, what does he mean by that? Does does Paul mean that we're to have formal prayers nonstop? How can we do that? How can we always pray when we have things to do? You see, historically, Jewish people had set times throughout the day that they were to pray. That's how Paul would have been raised. And today, in our world, this is true in in the Muslim world, as a devout Muslim must pray five times daily. But Paul really brushes that approach aside and says that those who successfully 
who successfully stand up against Satan and and demons don't limit their prayer life to a certain prescribed time of day. They pray always, all the time. Now, how can we do that and still carry on normal lives? How can you do that in work? How can you do that and and speak to people? How can you do that and concentrate on, on other things? Well, you can't. You can't. If by praying at all times, Paul means that we are to carry on an ongoing, nonstop, verbal, formal conversation with God, you you can't do that. But that's not what Paul means. It's not what he means at all. Because to pray like that would necessitate doing nothing else in life. And certainly that's not what scripture teaches. And besides that, that's not the way the Lord Jesus prayed. That's not the way the apostles prayed. That's not the way the early church prayed. But what Jesus and the early church did do in terms of prayer was they lived in in constant, continual God consciousness. So that as they walked throughout the day, they, they lived in constant communion with the Lord and spoke to him as various situations arose. In other words, their prayer life wasn't literally nonstop. There were interruptions. There were gaps but it was normal for them to speak to God in an ongoing conversational way. I think the thought is is this. They were really never out of his presence. They never had to pray, we come into your presence, because they never left his presence. Someone has compared unceasing prayer to a chronic cough. When you have a chronic cough, you don't cough 24-7, but it's constantly there. A lot of interruptions, but it constantly comes up throughout the day, and that's the way we're to pray. Yes, there are gaps. Yes, there are interruptions, but we're constantly in his presence. That's the way Jesus prayed. If you look at the gospel accounts, you'll see that the Lord was, was, seemed to be always praying. He'd stop his, his work in ministering to crowds, and he'd go off and pray, or right with the crowds, he'd stop and, and offer thanks or pray about something. He would spend whole nights in prayer. At times, and at times he got up earlier than anybody else and went to a solitary place to pray, even though he had been very busy. Always made time for that. And how often the New Testament refers to the continual prayers of the early church. In Acts 1.14, Acts 2.42, we read that the church continued daily in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing, Colossians 4.2. Devote yourself to prayer. Romans 12.12 says that we are to be devoted to prayer. And Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.3. He said that he continuously prayed for young Timothy. He said, As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. In fact, prayer was so important to the church that even when they had weak faith, they still prayed. What do I mean by that? There's a very interesting story in Acts chapter 12 in which Peter was thrown in prison and the church, the Bible says, fervently prayed for his release. And God answered that just the way they prayed. God sends an angel, open the prison doors, release Peter. He comes to the house where they're praying and he knocks on the door and the lady who opens the door thinks that it's a ghost. And she closes the door. There's Peter. God answered the prayer. They were right in in being devoted to prayer. However, they were not very strong in their faith, but God honored that. God honored it still. We're always to pray. Because we can't physically see, feel, or hear God, it's easy to forget that He is with us every moment of every day. So while we can't talk to Him during every moment, we certainly should never ignore Him. 
This is Peter Silseth saying thank you for listening today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry supported through the prayers and gifts of listeners like you who are first faithful to their own local churches. Today's class was the beginning of a three-part message about prayer as it relates to the armor of God. If you would like to hear the entire message at once, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. You will find today's program available for listening or downloading at our website, versebyverseradio.org. This entire series on spiritual warfare is available on the archives page if you'd like to listen to the whole study. We also invite you to sign up for our free podcasting service or our complimentary newsletter. In fact, why not do both? That's versebyverseradio.org. Perhaps you have been praying about something and it seems like God is ignoring you. I hope you'll join us for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve has some encouraging verses to share with us. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.